0: watching Creative Outcomes. We're a pod focused on helping agencies build scalable businesses that they can ultimately sell and realize their ideal outcome. Uh, I'm Ryan Watson. I'm a partner at Upsourced Accounting. I have helped uh, countless clients raise capital and eventually sell. And most recently, I actually helped sell an influencer marketing technology and agency as the uh, in-house COO, CFO.
1: Hi, I'm Meredith Pickerel. I'm a controller here at Upsourced Accounting, and I work with uh, mostly digital agencies, helping them set goals, drive growth, and uh, a- achieve their, uh, their goals. And right now I'm working a lot with several clients that are going through sales. So it's a pretty timely discussion. Yeah, well,
0: and this is you know, look, our thought is like let's have some fun with this thing. I mean, I, I'm coming off of an acquisition just under two years ago, and and I and I lived it, and then of course we live this with our clients every day, and you know we've kind of felt my Meredith and I, there's not a lot of great resources out there going through an exit or thinking about maybe selling your company is this really lonely place where there aren't a lot of people there to help you out, and the stakes are incredibly high. There's, mistakes are very expensive and so we thought well hey let's shine a light on this let's share the things that we know let's bring our clients and other agencies owners on to share what they know and hopefully we can help um so if this is uh you know this is interesting great hit the subscribe button we'll make sure you get notified every time we have something new to share and we'll bring you uh lessons learned uh news tips uh, and also interviews, like I said, from other fellow agency owners who have lived it and have some uh, scars that they're willing to share. So
1: maybe every once in a while, we it. can. Every once in a while, we'll throw into something non-accounting, something interesting. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's all interesting. That's the thing.
0: It's all going to be interesting. Some of it will be accounting. Some of it won't be accounting. Right? That's our lens, but it's yeah. not. It's not everything we talk about. Yeah. So I don't know how you how you feeling about this, Meredith. I'm
1: excited. It's going to be fun. Hopefully we can help yeah. people give them some That's, some toolbook, a tool book, a rule book to follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean a tool box, I toolbox? Think. I don't know how many up. people are
0: walking out <laughs> there. But it Tells you how much. Um, what kind of weekend warrior you are, Meredith?
1: <laughs> I'm <laughs> more of a gardener.
0: <laughs> right. Okay. Fair enough. It shows. Um, okay. So, uh, well, let's see, let's let's get into it. We'll keep this first one pretty light, really high level. <laughs> we thought we might start off with just let's call it five fundamentals for billing, building a sellable agency, right? Something that somebody is eventually going to want to buy uh, in the future. So let me start with the first one, uh, repeatable revenue generation. So this obviously is key. It's maybe one of the more important ones on here. Uh, you know, when you go to sell your agency, it's going to be purchased for a, a multiple of EBITDA. And at a certain size, you can expect somewhere between six and twelve times EBITDA. But the difference between six and twelve is really a function of growth. How fast is your agency growing year over year? And you know, at that at a, at a particular point, you know, relying on referrals, organic inbound, those sorts of things, they're not going to be able to generate consistent growth. And one of the first things that a potential buyer is going to be looking for is, do you have a process? where you can have a predictable amount of new business growth, um, period over period. And uh, and so that, I'd say, you know if you do nothing else here, it's take that one to heart.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Number two.
1: Yeah. So a business, not a job. Um, here, it's like, hey, how can we, if you as the business owner, go to sell your agency, you step away. I mean, maybe you're there for a certain amount of time after the transaction, maybe you step away totally, but how can the business be sustaining after you are gone? How is the business not just you as the owner?
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, again, they're bu- they're buying the business. They're not buying you or your job. Yep. And I'd say this is a thing that is, uh, you know, we work with a lot of agencies in like the one to five million range. And th- and this is probably the number one thing for an agency owner to sort of internalize and work on. It's, you know, how does this thing become a an organism unto itself?
1: I think this is an area in future podcasts we can dive into even more because like, that's easy to say. But then as the owner, you're like, you're out cre- building the relationships and, and, and bringing in the business. And how do you get it to a point where it's functioning as a standalone, you know? Yeah,
0: totally. And let me also say, I agree. And here's another thing that we get into, but on the same topic and you and I have talked about this before. It's, I can tell you like having lived through uh, a deal Uh, You know, you'll get to the point where you you agree on a price, you sign an LOI, everybody's really happy. And then the fun really starts. And that fun is due diligence. (laughs) And due diligence is like the most awful experience that I've ever gone through. And I'm happy I did it. Uh, But it's just, you know, 60 days worth of somebody looking at every single document that you have ever created Ever, right? So anytime you've ever hired an employee, do you have the right onboarding documents, the right non-competes, non-solicits, IP assignments? If you're issuing equity, did you do that correctly? Do you have four or nine A's on your equity? And you know, your financials are gonna look at every set, you know, every every set of forecasts that you created, every monthly financial statement that you've created. Not to mention, and I know you'll hit on this, Meredith, but um, the fact that, you know, obviously we're accountants, looking at the financials and making sure that these are real gap-based financials, you're doing yep. accrual accounting. Yep. These things, like they don't matter. They may not feel like they matter in the moment. Like, ah, I just really care about it. am I generating cash, and am I paying my people, and are we having fun, and are we producing great work? And I agree with all that stuff. Yeah. But that goes out the window mm-hmm. as soon as due diligence starts, and then you're going to wish that. Oh my gosh, I wish I would have taken these things really seriously, and I was buttoned up. Yeah. Because that's the number one deal killer. Right? You come in, and and an agency again, they're going to, or a buyer is going to be looking at your. Uh, a function of your profit, but if you produce your financial statements in accordance with like GAAP, you're not right. doing them the right way. Yeah, then that then that profit number you can't rely on, and then you can't put a price on it, and then. You move on and you buy somebody else, and I've seen it happen firsthand. So,
1: a piece of interesting advice that I heard recently was that you should put the reporting in place now that you think that you'll need in three years from now, or when you go to sell the that agency or that business. Like start today, so it's not this daunting task to come up with all of these EBITDA adjustments or or whatever you think that whatever the reporting's going to be. You know, to to start practicing it now.
0: And the thing is like, that's, that's super easy to do, right? Like it's not hard to capture information in the moment, the right, I mean, the difference between doing it the right way and the wrong way is actually not a lot of time or money, but the difference between trying to go back and recreate the difference between the right way and the wrong way in the middle of diligence is the difference between selling the agency and not. So anyways, we should go into more Clearly, (laughs) We have a lot to say on this particular topic. We'll go into more detail about that later. All right, (laughs) let me hit number three. So number, number three, Creating a differentiated business. A lot of people call this a niche, which I think uh, I'm a believer in having a specific niche, but I don't think that it means that you have to have a niche in the traditional way. But it does mean that you have an agency that is differentiated in an important way. So an example, for instance, you know, we were, we were just talking about this around the office this week. Um, because of the changes in Apple's privacy policy and some of the things Google Chrome is doing with cookies, there's a giant amount of demand for agencies who specialize in Google as a Google uh, official partner, right? SEM, SEO uh, in in conjunction with with Google as an official partner. And those agencies are getting uh, more than 12x EBITDA inbound offers on a, as a function of their differentiation in the market, right. So these these folks who are trying to fill this gap, these agency holding companies who say, oh my God, this is now much more important than we realized. we got to fill this this uh, capability. Not going to generic agencies who do all sorts of things, including SEM. They're going to the folks who are the experts, the the folks who have who have a clear positioning in this. And I can tell you from experience, when we when I sold uh, our, our most recent agency, we were an influencer marketing company, but we focused on CPG and food. Mm. And we ended up selling not to an agency holding company or some other folk. We we sold to uh, a company who focused on performance marketing in the grocery space. Mm. And, and again, not only uh, does that help um, you know, Im- improve your ability to position yourself as a a, you know, a, a, um, a solution to the problem that your buyer is, is looking for and not just bolting on revenue, but when you have a differentiator, the possible world of acquirers gets really small really quickly, right? So we knew that there were like four or five major players in our space who were ultimately going to buy us. It's much easier to build relationships with those people to be on their radar, to have partnerships, conversations along the way. It gets very easy when you boil the ecosystem down mm-hmm. to something small and you only do that through differentiating what you do and who you do it for. Yeah. All right. Number four, um, consistent profit. Mm-hmm. And I won't go into a lot of detail on this because I think it speaks for itself. Um, but as I mentioned, your, your price is a function of a multiple on EBITDA or profit. Right. And, and it is important not just to show that you can demonstrate repeatable revenue growth, but that you can do so by maintaining a consistent profit level. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, should be no surprise when we sold our agency, the number one reason that we were attractive to them, or I should say maybe the number two or the number three reason that we were attracted to them was, was our ability to generate outsized margins compared to our, our uh, competitors. Now I'm sure you see that, and your the deals you're working on too, Meredith.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, keep going back to those those EBITDA adjustments and and explaining those those transactions that have happened. And um, yeah, and that's something
0: to dig into at some point too. It's like there's a lot of questions around you know what do I include or or what do right. I pull out or when I'm when I'm going to sell. Um, you know, lots of folks make adjustments to pull out one time and right. owner related stuff. So that's something we could talk about. In the yeah.
1: Yeah, and some of that is like hard to implement early on when you when it doesn't really matter to anybody internally, but you'll thank yourself later.
0: Right. The key is building an agency that you could eventually sell, Mm -hmm. um, and not just waking up and saying, "Oh, I'm going to sell my agency today." Right. Right. You got to do it with intentionality.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay. So the the fifth and final. um, key point here is concentration so not having a concentration on um, on a specific one client or you know a couple of clients that are making up a majority of your revenue um, I typically look at if it's over 20 to 25 percent i would call that a concentration um, the other thing I see is like as as agencies are working with larger companies like the apples the googles of the world they're working with several different divisions within, um, that same, that same company. So just watching those and keeping an eye on those, uh, what, what your risk exposure is to a particular client.
0: Yep. Agree. Love it. Okay. That's it. That's our five tips. We're going to go into more detail about that in future episodes, but hopefully that gives you a primer on how you might think about some steps you can take now, um, to give yourself optionality.
1: If you, uh, Barely, It was fun. It was fun. If the audience likes what they hear, see, please give us feedback. The, the link, the, the quick bullets, if you like that, let us know.
0: Mm-hmm. And hit the subscribe button. Can't emphasize that enough if you want to hear more or see more. Awesome. Give us a subscribe. All Thank right. You. Take care.